The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. As much as I respect Milwaukee, Brooklyn's about to shut people like you up, Michael Holland, once and for all. Enjoy yourself. Have a cookout. Go ahead. Have a good time. Because you're two games in, homie. So lame. <laughs> so lame, bro. <laughs> so freaking lame. Yeah! The Brooklyn Nets are playing our game. No, it's us. Yes, it's us now. They're playing our game. I had this coming, and I'm enjoying it. And you know the best part about it, Michael, is I, I, I see through your false bravado. Go ahead and flex. That's not a good look on you. You need long sleeves. Let the record show. I never once said it was over. I never said it was over. That's six, a, that's huh? a six. Uh, and a hard six, too. Oh, the Bucks will make them work for it. Okay. The Bucks will make them work for it. Hey, buddy. How we doing today? Who are you, Fred Rogers? How we feeling? <laughs> How you feeling? Oh man. Oh, I'm 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 lovely. Oh, I'm lovely. Me too. The sunshine brighter today. The birds sang louder. The air is crisp. My coffee tasted fresher. And it's so good to see yeah. you, Michael. And let me, let me listen, man. Let me let me say something. It's good to see you too, Mike. All right. I know what you. I know what you think is about to happen. I know what you think I'm about to do, because I have no idea what you would do. I'm it. just glad you're here. You would do it. I think as I'm we just saw. You don't know what I. As do. we just saw, we know what you would do if the tables were turned. But Michael, as much as you may be expecting me to go in right now. As much as the people out there watching and listening may want me to light you on fire right now, people don't know what you want until you give it to them. And so I may disappoint some people right now because I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know why I'm not going to do that? Because uh, uh, this me. isn't about. I'm disappointed already. I'm already. Disappointed. You know what? Well, but 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 let me but let me help you out here because see, all right, this is where we grow together. Then this is where we grow together. Because everything ain't about you. I don't want that yet. This ain't about you, Michael. Yet. This ain't about me, Michael. This ain't about me versus you. It is about right. us, but it's about what we were privileged to witness last night. See, Michael, what I'm saying to you is, brother, I am not here to gloat. I am here to talk about a goat. I am not here to clown you. I am here to crown Kevin Durant. That's what this should be about. Because this is bigger than Nino Brown, and it's bigger than me and you, Michael. So I'm not going to waste time throwing your words back at you. I'm not going to waste time telling you how wrong you were. Because you know what? That's blatantly obvious at this point. It was obvious then, and it's obvious now. So why waste precious time on a day that is like only rivaled by NBA free agency opening 
when it comes to news. There are so many more important things to get to than our petty differences. But I do want to do this though, before we get into the greatness of Kevin Durant, I do want to say this, Michael, and I mean this in all sincerity. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Because what I felt last night, watching Kevin Durant go off in the second half, is the type of emotional investment that I have not felt since I was a child. Because back in my day, in order to break into this business, you had to display or practice some level of objectivity, some level of neutrality. Okay, remember when we came in, we weren't allowed to be fans. This, 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 this fanboy as media thing is new. That's the new dudes. We weren't like that. We had to like, you know, we had to be Switzerland. Okay. Well, I felt something last night that I don't remember the last time I felt, which is what it feels like to have a dog in the fight. What it feels like to have a vested interest in the outcome. So thank you for that, Michael Holly. I want to thank you for that because I was actually in a restaurant last night and I screamed at that last Kevin Durant three pointer. And I said to myself, this is what I came out of retirement for. I was chilling at the crib, literally minding my business when Michael Holly and Sam Flood pulled me out of retirement to do brother from another. And days like this is what I do this for. And it's not, mind you, it is not to rub it in your face. It's not to rub it in your face. I'm talking about we saw last night the first 45, 15, really 17, obviously, and 10 game in NBA playoff history last night. And we saw it by a guy who is in his first season back. It's hard to remember, but his first season back coming off of what is supposed to be a career altering, if not ending Achilles injury. And he is not only back to his previous form, he may be as good, if not better than ever. And that's saying something. And what I want to say, Michael, because again, this is this is about us when I say this part. Whether we realize it or not, whether we realize it or not. Everything when it comes to Kevin Durant is viewed through the prism of his career choice of leaving Oklahoma City on the heels of a 3-1 series collapse and joining the 73 win Golden State Warriors that came back from a 3-1 deficit against his Thunder. Consciously or subconsciously, that's how we view Kevin Durant. And I'm not equating him going to the Warriors with LeBron taking his talents to South Beach. But much in the same way, this is how I feel today, much in the same way that LeBron going back to Cleveland and delivering a championship to the Cavaliers, all was forgiven. And that comeback, that 3-1 comeback to me made him Teflon. It made him above criticism as far as I was concerned. Right. Obviously, you always got some people hating, right? I think last night, that's what Kevin Durant did for his reputation. Kevin Durant provided a legacy game when he really didn't need one or shouldn't have needed one. But he made it a defining moment in the career of Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant decreed it so. He decided this is going to be a defining moment whether I need it or not. And now, sometimes seeing is believing. I mean, we're both, we're both followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ knew he was the son of God. Yes. 
and he proclaimed proclaimed himself to be the son of God, but it didn't stop him from proving it every now and then. Okay, right. Obviously, I'm not equating Kevin Durant to the son of God. What I am saying is, as great as we all knew Kevin Durant was, as great as 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 great as as rational people knew Kevin Durant always was, regardless of who surrounded him, there were some who needed to see it to believe it. There were some who needed him to play all 48 minutes because his team needed it. There were some who needed him to take on the burden of scorer, facilitator, rebounder, and defender with a hobble James Harden and his other sidekick superstar out. There were some who needed to see that to be reminded and to believe. I know you're laughing at magic. Don't, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. I, am. Oh, I know you're laughing at magic. Magic runs his Twitter account. Thanks, magic. And he runs it for the old people Thanks, who are Irvin. only following Magic Johnson, who are only following magic as if like, hey, nobody saw the game. You didn't know what happened. I'm going to tell you because you're only following me. I kind of love it. Anyway, I digress. Kevin Durant last night. He should have hushed the haters from here on out. I don't know if he still has burner accounts because he now just tweets from his own account. He, you know, he, he flames people, you know, with, under his own handle. He should, he, he should, his job is done. Anybody that puts a snake emoji in any comment section about Kevin Durant is a clown. Okay, he's a snake, all right, as in a black mamba, as in a cold-blooded killer. That's the only snake right. he is at this point. He should never have to defend himself and nobody should ever be coming at Kevin Durant over anything. And I realized this was game five in an Eastern Conference semifinal series that they, theoretically they could still lose. I realized that. I realized that. But that performance last night is a criticism crusher. Like he should never have to hear anything again. And I don't know if Michael even subconsciously I was doing it too. Because again, it was so weird. And weird is the best way I can come up with it. It was so weird to see a guy who had a hand in that collapse leave a, a situation to join the team, a situation that was a good one alongside Russ right. to join a team that just ousted well, him. Great it was unprecedented. Right. It was unprecedented. But instead right. of looking at it as he joined the Warriors, can't beat him, join him. The Warriors acquired mm -hmm. Kevin Durant because as I've said before, as you've said, as everybody recognized, the moment he became a Golden State Warrior, he became the best player on the team. And I think, and the last thing I'll say before I, before I pass it to you, brother, I think yeah. the reluctance on some people's part, and I, I believe yours, I'm going to psychoanalyze you here. I think it's okay. hard right. to, and, and it's, 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 it's two things. One, it's respect for the king. One, it's respect for the king. It's respect for the king. But the last couple of days, you scoffed at the mere mention of the idea of Kevin Durant being the best player in the world. Because at the moment, I even said it like, oh, maybe we're selling him. I remember I said this the other day. I said, we might be selling him short by saying, you know, he's one of the best players in the world. You were like, stop, don't do that, don't do that. I think the reason that that bothers you, that grinds your gears, that that's nails on a chalkboard, because subconsciously, you even said it, you just don't like Kevin Durant. I think a lot of that just no, no, goes back it. to that move. That's not it. Okay, maybe not for you then. Okay, cool. Maybe not for you. That's not for it. some people. No, that's not it. For some people. No. Okay, cool. That's fine. For some people then, to whom it may concern, they have, a, they have had a hard time viewing Kevin Durant outside of the Warriors Kevin Durant, forgetting what he did in Oklahoma City, forgetting what he did for the Warriors and with the Warriors. He is a different dude. He is singular. He is transcendent. He is, there has never been anybody like him.
and on the best player in the game proclamation that we're hearing since last night and some have already been saying it, but especially since last night, it's fine if there's a disagreement. Where's the fun and consensus? Because after last night, it is not a matter of fact that LeBron James remains the best player in the game. It is a matter of preference because Kevin Durant is right there. He always has been, but he is right there. And if you still want to say it's LeBron, I'm not going to argue that because he's not here to defend himself right now because he's been eliminated. But that guy, easy money sniper, takes a backseat to no one, not just contemporary. He takes a backseat to no one in NBA history when it comes to his ability to put that ball in that basket at will. He is incredible. And I am just so grateful that not only did I get to witness that performance last night, which was elevated by the narrative that I just laid out. It wasn't just the stakes of this series. This was about Kevin Durant, whether it needed to be or should have been or not, because it always is because he's always always been judged a certain way since Golden State, since that move. And I'm just so glad I got to witness it. And I'm so glad, Michael, that you got me in my feelings to where I was able to experience that emotionally in a way that fans are able to that I just haven't been able to because it was so much fun. It was I couldn't sleep last night thinking about talking to you about this. And that's why we do this. That's why we do what we do. That's why this is fun. I need to be reminded why this is fun to do a show like Brother from Another because we get to sit yeah. here and we get to sing the praises of the basketball God that is Kevin Durant. I'm done, brother. I'm done. Well, you know, Mike, that was a very thoughtful, very eloquent, very moving presentation that you just gave. This is mature, too. I'm going to say it's mature. I felt it. It was really good. I liked your, I was not offended at all. You mentioned as a Christian, I'm not offended at all by you bringing in the divine, bringing in, there was a spiritual element to what we saw last night from Kevin Durant. It was like Elijah (laughs) throwing the cloak on Elijah and saying, I'm going to mentor you. Oh, now you're a prophet now. We're going to another level. You can just see something beautiful happening. Kevin During Durant game last night. spoke to dry that? bones last night. He spoke to dry oh. bones is what he did. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. We're talking scripture. We're talking scripture here. With all that being said, I'm going I'm to go from the uh, gospel uh, of the book of Ezekiel to the gospel of the OJ. 25, 25 17. Give the people. <laughs> you got to give the people what they want. Look, the people want to see you. Roast me. I heard from them last night. I heard from them this morning. I was looking forward to the roasting. I'm looking forward to the roasting. Like, like, Mike, like what you just did is like, it's like asking the great Luther Vandross in his prime to cover Luther Campbell. I like, like, no, 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 you don't do that. It's like asking, okay, our guy, Black Thought, vocalist, lead vocalist of the Roots, to be Black Uhuru, the lead vocalist of Black Uhuru. Nah, man, come on. You don't ask Shaq to shoot bank shots like Tim Duncan. <laughs> Go to the paint, dunk on Michael Holly, you non-athletic 
four eyes. You ain't played back. You don't know basketball. You all you got all excited at two two. Ain't no big deal. You missed. You missed the genius of Kevin Durant and James Harden playing on one leg, giving it up for Brooklyn, giving it up for his team. Come on, man. Ain't nobody looking for maturity right now. You need to be immature. Michael. For a little bit. Look at that guy. Michael. 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 I don't need to do the work. I don't need to do the work. Listen, I don't need to it, roast you. The people, you the know people why I don't disagree. need to roast you? The people disagree with no, you. No, I don't need to roast you. I don't need to roast you. Okay? I don't need to. Because we were never on the same level. We would, we've never been on the same level. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't need to argue with you. I don't need to give. I don't need yeah. to give you the satisfaction or legitimacy of pro, of Nan and a boo boo. Told you I was right. Told you so. I don't need to give you that because I was always right. Just trying to. Not about me. I told me. you. Listen to me now. Believe me later about on. You. I was always right, Michael. I mean, listen, I get this because you want me to roast you because you want me to validate your awful opinion in the first place. And I'm not going to do that. No, no, I don't need that because this ain't about me. This is about Kevin Durant. The only thing I just I didn't score any buckets last night. I need for you. No, you you asked for it. I'm giving it to you. What I need for you to do is for you to make an altar call. This ain't about me roasting you. This is about you. Let's go back to the gospel. You need to make an altar call, my friend. You need to beg the church's pardon because you are the one that needs to be doing the talking right now. Okay. You are the one who needs to repent, which means to change your mind. You are the one that needs to step back and reevaluate and say, what was the, the source of my irrational hatred toward Kevin Durant where I call this team cotton candy, cotton, cotton candy. candy. Yeah, cotton candy. I bet you know what you know what you know what you know what doesn't taste as good as cotton candy your words what? your foot and you're eating both of them right now. How's that cotton candy looking today? Michael Holly. See, don't get me started. See, I wanted to be the bigger man today. I wanted to be the bigger man. I tried don't to be, be the bigger man. man. No, don't be the bigger man. I tried don't be the big, no, to be a bigger man. Don't be the bigger man. Like like no, like cutting and dead presidents. I tried to be a friend. I tried to be a friend. Okay. No, no, but now you're bringing out the ignorant in me. Now you're bringing out the ignorant yeah. in me. See, I do, I'm trying to be better. It was always I'm trying there. to be better. I just but somebody just told me this team was cotton candy. I I I just somebody wrapped on the window. I didn't bring it out. It was somebody always there the whole respect. time. Told me there we go that this team was a fraud. Like how how in the world how in the world did you stake your reputation, your credibility? On a dude that is the defensive last year's defensive player of the year, a first team all defensive selection who wouldn't guard Kevin Durant. What is wrong with you, Michael Holly? With your blind hatred of the Nets, you stake your claim to a dude that can't shoot free throws, but loves shooting three pointers. Yeah, I don't care. He was was in foul trouble. He should have been in foul trouble guarding Kevin Durant. No. No, no, it's too, it's too important. Look, hey man, um, you know, as far as reputation, how I, do you, you know, stake your claim against well, one of the greatest players? How do, how do you how do you how do you go against one of the greatest players? I don't deserve any credit. I don't deserve any credit. It yeah. didn't take a lot for me to trust Kevin Durant, and honestly, right. I didn't go hard enough in the paint. 
The other thing is, the other reason I'm not sitting there breaking my arm, patting myself on the no, back, didn't. is I didn't I'm go hard enough in the paint. I might have preached. I might have preached, but I didn't prophesy enough. I should have known that Kevin Durant has something for that ass. I should have known he was coming with it last night. Can you hoop? Can you hoop too? Not hoop. So no, man. This ain't, I ain't got. I ain't got to sit. I ain't got to sit here. I, I don't have to light you on fire. You lit yourself on fire. You did it yourself. You did it yourself. Yeah. Well, you know that's that's pretty good too. Now listen, I'm glad. So you don't want that's, that's what I'm looking for. To do. See, that's you don't get to put this on me. I'm not that's here. I'm not here for your for. amusement, for your entertainment, accountability. Yes, no, you, you need to be accountable. That's why I'm here. No, you need to be accountable. That's why Because the people might want to see me Absolutely. like you on fire. What I want to see is you You're here sacrifice yourself on the altar. I want you. No, you explain Listen. yourself. I want to know how it felt. How did it feel, Michael Holly? Well, how did it feel, seventeen? You. When your Bucks, where's that Bucks sweatshirt? Why are you in a bow tie? Why are you in a bow tie today? Why are you not in a Bucks sweatshirt? I told you. Because you want to be about it. Be you. about it. Win or lose. Where's your Bucks sweatshirt today? You, know, you front runner. Where's you. your Bucks sweatshirt today? I told Where you. is your Bucks sweatshirt today? <laughs> front runner. You fraud. You're cotton candy. You're projecting. You're a fraud. Where were you? Where are you? What did it feel like when you watched that 17 point lead dwindle? What did it feel like when you watched James Harden, who you detest? Who's got a reputation for not being able to defend a a fire hydrant? How did that feel to watch him wave off the help against your two time MVP? Is this your king? Is this your king? How did that feel to say, no, I got this and then watch him take a turnaround jumper. How did it feel to watch him fumble on him. potential game tie and layup? How did that feel? Good pass. How did it feel to have no time. answers? So, no, you do the explaining. You do the talking. I'm the, I, ain't, I shouldn't well, have I, to say anything. It speaks for itself. Okay. Bring you know, it Mike, up, uh, one of the things I'm that, trying to be one of the things I'm out here trying to be Bruce yeah, Banner yeah, and stop, you want stop. the Hulk. No, 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 because that's what frauds do. Now be real. Be yourself. Okay. Now that's we saw the real Mike. I am being now, real. This, this. I'm being real. I, no, now I'm you are now. I'm trying to grow. Now you're being real. You're petty, but no, you're you the one that wants to make that, it about that's you. Gonna happen. I can't stand that's people that make organic all the time. You can't sit there and just like I today praise Kevin Durant. You can't sit there and say today I'm going to evolve. No, 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 you want to like make that. it about it me. It has to happen. It has to happen again. It's not about me. It's about the people. It's not about me. As, as, as Aaron Rodgers said, it's about the people. Turn the camera back on. My camera just went off. Turn the camera back on. What's up? Oh, I can see you. Can you see me? There we go. I see you. There we go. I, I, see, right, I see you in here. You're good. Right. You're loud and clear out here. Yeah. It's like Aaron. It's like Aaron Rodgers said, man, it's all about the people. It's not about me. It's really about these folks who are out there supporting brother from another. They wanted to see that real thing. But look, Mike, you can't just decide one day, hey, I'm going to take the high road. I'm going to be NPR, Mike. No, no, you gutter, Mike, today. Come on, get in the gutter. You know, bring it out. That's what you want to do. You ain't sitting there saying, I can't wait to talk to Michael Holly tomorrow about the essence and artistry of basketball. No, no, you weren't thinking that. You were thinking exactly what you just did. But here, here's the one thing. Uh, I have, I have. You call it an irrational hatred for Kevin Durant. I don't have an irrational hatred for Kevin Durant. As a matter of fact, I have respect for him because, like Kevin, I really don't have much to prove. You know, like Kevin, I, like I understand Kevin 
on that level. Like, you know, we're both visionaries. Uh, you know, we both see a different game than everybody else. I'm glad that Kevin Durant had a great game last night. He was what he was wondrous. He was wondrous. I enjoyed it. And there was a point in the game. It wasn't even 91 91 when he uh, I think he made the basket to tie it at 91 in the fourth quarter. It was even late in the third where Giannis made a free throw to put them up a, a, like nine. And I was saying, oh, need that free throw. Once I had that thought, I said, okay. I'm, I'm obsessing over a free throw late in the third quarter. I don't feel good. I told you yesterday I didn't feel good, and I knew something was going to happen, and Kevin Durant sure did make that thing happen. I'm glad, like you, I'm glad that I was alive to see it, to witness it, happen in Brooklyn, New York City. Great. But that's the peak. That's the peak. Why am I wearing a bow tie today? Because unfortunately, it's not a clinching moment. I told you, I got something for you. When the Milwaukee Bucks clinch. Oh, yeah, bring it. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. See, 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 that's. See, that's. That's why I'm the bigger man. See, that's why that's why you wanted me to be petty because Static. you were going to be petty. Static. You keep trying to drag me down to your level. You keep going low and I'm trying to go high, Michelle Obama. I'm trying to go high. No, you're going home in six, partner. You're going home in six. It's ending on Thursday. It's over. We'll see That's you. a wrap. We took your heart. We'll see we you ate in your Brooklyn. children. Praise be to Allah. It is a wrap. <laughs> That's it. You're done. You're done. You had your opportunity. You blew it. You're getting closed out on your own floor. You're getting closed out on your own uh, floor. I, God, God is right, God right. is speaking through me. That is the only reason I have not cussed you out yet. Because that's why I, I, I sat there and I you said, I'm t- any- I, I am speaking on a higher plane. I am talking about Durant. It's not about me. It's not about Michael. It's not about us. I'm not. I'm not boring people with our pettiness. No, the people want to hear about one of the greatest performances of all time. So let me give those people mm-hmm. what they want. But no, you want to drag me down because you was gonna come back and double down on the Bucks after last night. Are you insane? Don't answer that question. I already know the answer to it. Listen, don't run. Hold on. But you know what? Go ahead. Say something. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. We gonna play the music. I want to. We trying to play the music? No, 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 no. We go. We go bring in somebody. No, no, no. I'm gonna bring in somebody who has no hesitation about beating his chest. But you go and get the last word for Alo back and forth. But go ahead. Well, all right. First of all, look. I have enough respect. I have enough respect for the Brooklyn Nets, but I don't really mess with the Brooklyn Nets like that. I don't really mess with them like that. Like oh, we know. the only people of Brooklyn, the only people from Brooklyn I even like halfway mess around with, like there's Steve Rogers, maybe Steve Rogers. Uh, that's about it. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's it. Cap. I just mess with Cap. Everybody else, I ain't got no time. Most. Bay. Oh, I got the most. <laughs> Y'all seen Bay. <laughs> Come on, man. That's for Brooklyn. Woo-hoo! All right. Look, man. Tell me a good place. Roy Ayers. To eat. Tell me a good place to eat in Brooklyn on Friday night. Uh, what, Brooklyn Heights? Like, I'm not really a Park Slope kind of brother. That's a little too gentrified for me. Uh, maybe Bed-Stuy? I don't know. But we have, a, we have a dinner in Brooklyn on Friday night. Then on Saturday, 
we just go chill. We go walk around, just kind of take in the sights. And on Saturday night, we bringing this home back to Wisconsin. We bringing it back. Said no one ever. Uh, we bringing it back to Wisconsin. Right. Back to Wisconsin. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. Okay, but let, but look here. A minute ago, I said. A minute ago, I said that I didn't go hard enough in the paint behind Kevin Durant. That I did not trust and believe to the level I should have. But you know who did? Because it ain't no fun if the who? homies can't have none. You know who did? Right. Our brother Vinny who Goodwill. I think Kevin Durant has been the best player in the NBA for quite a few years, even before he went to Golden State. I think because of the fact that he's been a better, more committed defensive player than LeBron, along with being a on par offensive player, if not better offensive player because of his ability to shoot and shoot oh, consistently. Better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a LeBron, better offensive player. Yeah. LeBron's playmaking, you know, can even out the scales a little bit. Yeah. But Kevin Durant oh, well, as yeah. a scorer, sure. they're – there is nothing on God's green earth that has been done better than Kevin Durant being a, a scorer. So I will say that while you can, you know, tilt your scales and say one or the other, I will say from my vantage point, you can shake your head all you want to, Michael Holly. I think Kevin Not Durant has been the best it. player in basketball for a very, very, very I, long time. I know it's blasphemy. Nah, the nah. Lord shall strike me down. But I believe that. I don't believe it can be said any better than that. Vinnie Goodwill, you from Detroit. I'm from New Orleans. We got a lot in common, but Detroit, I know you ain't got no problem lighting Michael Holly and everybody else on fire. So the floor is yours. No, 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 no. The floor is not yours yet. No, no. Before the, before you take the floor, I just want people to understand. Why? No, no. Stop that. That's a bad cut. Let me tell you, that's a bad cut because it appears for those who weren't watching yesterday's show, Vinnie remembers. So I don't have to tell Vinnie. I have to tell everybody else. He said, I know you think that's blasphemy. You start laughing. I said, I'm not laughing at your take. I'm laughing at Michael Smith for abandoning LeBron a week after shouting out LeBron. So no, I was not saying, oh, what an outrageous thought that Kevin Durant can be considered the best player in the, in, in the world. That's that's all. That's all. Oh, okay, Vinny, go ahead. Do your thing. Hold did, on, Vinny. Did you oh, not? Sorry, okay, go Hold ahead. On. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. You're right. Yesterday, that's how the conversation went. But I just referenced several times this week when you got frustrated at the mere mention of Kevin Durant being the best player. Context you told again. me stop Context. doing that. You said stop doing Context. that. You said every stop time somebody what? wins, stop we want to make him the best player. Stop no, you doing told what? me to stop right. doing that. Right, right. But Anointed what was I saying? People what, what was that, that? Right. Anointed people so prematurely. It was just in general. Or it was just a general commentary. It was a general commentary about. When somebody is eliminated from the playoffs, somebody has a great performance, whether it's, you know, Dwayne Wade back in the day, whether it's Dirk, whether it's LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, that guy's around. Nobody else is there. So we just kind of overrate the player. Now, Kevin Durant's a different story. That's not, Kevin Durant is not, it, it doesn't apply to him, but it does apply to Kawhi Leonard. When I told you yesterday that Kawhi Leonard has never been the best player in the NBA. Because we do that thing. That's what I'm saying. Don't do that thing where, hey, the guy's here, and now we're, we're making him the best player ever. That's all. Anyway, go ahead. Vinny, just, talk just, your just, ish. Well, just give you a fuller picture. <laughs> fuller picture. <laughs> talk your ish, bit. Okay, fine. Talk your ish, Vinny. Go ahead. Michael Holly, I'm just trying to figure out what do you have to say for yourself today. This is, this is not a day for me and Michael Smith. 
this is a day for you to explain yourself how essentially the world called for an on-demand Kevin Durant performance, a performance that people said that he couldn't do. And yet he proved to be the best player on both ends of the floor for 48 full minutes, full concentration, full execution. He started off by defending the rim and getting in the passing lanes. He started off by dishing off to the likes of Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. And then he said, you know what? I think it's time for me to walk this team down now that we're down 16. I would say to you that LeBron's best game was that game in Boston in 2012, that game six, against, honestly, a beaten up old Boston team that was probably past their prime and didn't really, didn't, wasn't really fit to go to the finals that year. And LeBron put up that 45-15-5. I would venture to tell you that last night was a better performance from Kevin Durant. I would venture to tell you, not just the 49, the 17, the 10, but also a couple blocks, a few steals. He was literally everywhere. And we're to the point that Giannis Antetokounmpo, who had 34 and 12, he looked like a toddler next to Kevin Durant. That's how great Kevin Durant is. Two years removed from an Achilles injury. Let's keep that in mind. Two full years removed from a career killer. Also a few years removed from that foot injury and let's not forget a seven footer with foot injuries it is not something we can sneeze at in the NBA Ralph Sampson Bill Walton countless others the perseverance of this guy to come back and be at the peak of his powers and to do it playing with the shadow of James Harden he said James all I need you to do is bring the ball up the floor can you do that for me so that PJ Tucker doesn't chase me up the floor and then when PJ Tucker did chase him up the floor he decided, just give me a screen and let me go to the basket. And when James Harden dribbled the air out the ball for 20, 25 seconds, Kevin Durant said, let me get the ball and have a buzzer-beating 25-footer. You know who does that? The baddest man on the planet. That's who does that. Not anybody else, not anybody from the past, not anybody from the recent past that you want to, you know, crown or king or anything like that. This guy is the baddest man. He don't have to do nothing else for the rest of the series. He has proven his worth in gold, Michael Holly. And how dare you say anything less than this man is the best player in basketball, period. Hey, listen, listen, that's, once again, well said, uh, Vinny Goodwill. I'm going to tell you, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll beat you to it because most writers say this. When, you, when they have a headline on the story and somebody takes issue with the headline, writer usually says, I don't write the headline. Okay. I know you didn't write the headline, maybe. Uh, Kevin Durant has no more dragons to slay. That headline, some certain sermons are for you. That sermon was not for me because I never felt like he had anything to prove. I don't think he had any dragons to slay. He does. He Maybe he thinks that, but I don't because I've heard about 27 different versions of why he left Oklahoma City for Golden State. Dog, you ain't got to, you left. He's just you left for whatever reason. It could have been personal. Yeah. I think he just explained maybe, it like a couple of weeks ago like, again, right? Didn't he say something like he, he again, saw him as an underdog or something? He keeps he bringing it up. Yeah. He keeps bringing it up. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey look, maybe you because didn't like, of, because maybe of people like, like you. No, because of people not like me. you, Michael. I'm Howard. not asking him. I didn't no, no, ask. You're not asking. I don't, you don't, I don't you, care. I no, but you. I didn't, didn't criticize. But you didn't him. give that man his proper's. You did not give that man his proper. So what am I supposed to do? He is the best player in basketball, and you will respect him as such. He is a top Michael, 10 wait, Michael. player, arguably, of all time. What, 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 what respect didn't I oh, give I don't, him? I don't think that. Hey, Gary. You, no, Mike, no, Michael. Hey, no, Gary. But, but Michael, this is what I, no, this what I was saying earlier. No, this is what I was saying earlier. 
Okay. Michael, this is what I was saying earlier. I, 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 let me mediate this if I, if I may, because the, and honestly, your earlier the earlier clip we played it may have not presented the full context, Michael. It was really about Vinny having been saying for years, including yesterday, right. what many are now starting to say today that Kevin Durant is the best player in basketball. And, and, and Michael, this may not apply to you perfectly, but what I believe to be the case is that most people have been reluctant to not only proclaim Kevin Durant as the best player in basketball, but even put him on par with LeBron James. They've seen it as that word blasphemous that Vinny used earlier because consciously or subconsciously the move to Golden State ruined his reputation. And therefore, what I believe is that Kevin Durant, Michael, which is the purpose for the burner accounts, the tweets, the, the you know, the, the, the you know, the, the checking people publicly or he, he I think he is searching or has been searching for some form of validation that he wasn't going to get from those same people until last night. Vinny, I, I, I don't I think that that game last night was a legacy game he didn't need. But I said earlier, I don't know if you heard it, I don't know how anybody, and I'm, this is not you, Michael Holly. I don't know how anybody, well, you hate him for whatever reason, but nobody ever denied that he was a, a badass hooper. Nobody ever said a dude couldn't hoop. But I don't know how anybody can hate on Kevin Durant after what we saw him do last night for all the reasons we've laid out. That, so I name. think the issue, Michael, is you won't, when, when Vinny says you won't give him his full props, I think it's because people won't say he's the best because Golden State, Oklahoma, and maybe not you, but there are some people that will never give him that. Am I explaining that right, Vinny? I, I think so. Here's the thing. That legacy game was needed last night. It was needed. We haven't seen a game where he put his signature on it, not necessarily to prove that he's the best player in basketball. I don't think we as the public needed it. I think Kevin Durant needed that for himself, for himself, not necessarily to put it in our faces, but for him to have that as the retort anytime anyone had something to say. I think you could argue that game three in 2017 against Cleveland where he, you know, took over the game in the fourth quarter in the last in the last couple of possessions against LeBron, hitting the three in LeBron's face, in LeBron's house. That could have arguably been better. But you would take Michael Jordan in Salt Lake City in 1998 as an older Michael Jordan over Michael Jordan in the garden because it just meant a little bit more. It meant more to sort of tap on to the legacy. Like he was already a made man. I contend that Golden State doesn't win championships if Kevin Durant doesn't go there. That 2015 thing would have been the only championship they that they would have won. That's they why they acquired him. him. That's right. Because they, they needed him. And, yeah. and it's framed it's framed the other way around. It's framed that Kevin Durant needed them. I don't believe, exactly. I believe, I believe wherever Kevin Durant was going in free agency in 2016 was where the Larry O'Brien trophy was going to go. And I believe that Kevin Durant's decision to go to Brooklyn is the reason we're all here is the reason for Steve Nash is the reason for Kyrie Irving is the reason for Blake Griffin and James Harden. and Everybody else that has come there is because Kevin Durant is the headliner. You take him away and none of these things, none of these things happen. All the pieces sort of That's fall right. down. And with everything going on in the NBA today, with all the injuries and everything else, and considering the fact that this playoff has been like, you know, topsy-turvy and young guys coming up, it's not the old man. It's the standard. He has reset the standard to let people know, not only am I still here, but I'm better than all y'all. So listen, we got we, we, we to take a break, and we got more companies standing by, Vinny. We'll certainly have you back on Friday as usual. 
But okay. before you go, you just referenced it. Crazy day NBA news wires. CP3, Kawhi Leonard. We, we don't have time to drill Man. down on all of those stories, but I really Terrible. want to go with you because Terrible. you know you had a byline that, that broke a bit of news earlier on Yahoo on the coaching front. Stan Van Gundy out, one and done in New Orleans. Uh, Scott Brooks is out in, uh, in D.C. But on Yahoo, you, you and one of your colleagues wrote about the potential candidates, and you mentioned John Calipari. So if you could elaborate on how realistic this source telling Yahoo that John Calipari may be done at Kentucky, may have run its course, that he may be in the mix for these, I think it's six openings now. Give us a little bit more insight into that before we let you go real quick. It wasn't one source, it was multiple sources telling me that they believe that Calipari has run his course at Kentucky with the changing college basketball landscape. Roy Williams retiring, Coach K stepping down, you know, in a year. And it just being very hard, not necessarily to recruit, but to keep. And Kentucky has not been Kentucky for the past couple of years. If we're going to be completely honest, the expectations there are very high. And those sources believe that John Calipari would like to take another bite at the NBA's apple, knowing what he knows now. And considering the relationship he has with all these players, if you remember, he's very close with World Wide West, very close with Leon Rose and that CAA crew. Now, clearly the Knicks job isn't open, and that would probably have been the perfect situation for him. But it doesn't mean that he's not going to tacitly at least kick the tires around some of these other openings if they want him. I don't think he's walking for any old job. I don't think he's leaving Kentucky for that. This is not 1996 in UMass. But I do think that, hey, if there's a trap door to get up out of here and get to the NBA to get one more shot at this at 62 years old, why not? It's good stuff, man. Hey, all right, let's go to break. We're going to see you on Friday or maybe tomorrow, depending on what happens, you know, or maybe later today. The way this day is going, don't go far. We may have to hit you up a little later in the show before five o'clock because God only knows what's going to what else is going to happen you or any of the other insiders around the country I'm telling you what a wild day wild day we ain't even getting the half of it love you bro appreciate you hey love y'all see y'all soon All right. the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. It's ridiculous what he's able to do. Um, I think the, you know, we know he's capable of nights like this, but to do it tonight, you know, we lose Kai, you know, James obviously is is soldiering through, you know, his ailments. 
um, with down bodies, we're wounded. And for him to have the toughness, the mentality, you know, that's what makes him one of the all-time greats. And so this is a performance that, you know, a signature performance, you know, for, for Kevin. And, uh, and it was beautiful to watch. I know the perception of me is that I can score the basketball well, but, uh, you know, any team that I've played on, I've been asked to do pretty much everything from rebounding to defending to uh, initiating um, to scoring. I might not be, at, you know, I might not do it all the time, but I do a little bit of everything out there. So I knew at some point that coach would ask me to screen, or rebound, defend, bring the ball up, score, shoot three. So I just, just work on everything I can and practice and, and when the game comes around, I just got to be ready to pull, you know, be ready to do anything. So uh, tonight was one of those nights. Dude's a complete player, and maybe doesn't get enough credit for that. Speaking of complete players, Tom Havistro from uh, Metal Arc Media joins us now. And Tom, I mean, there's the circumstances of what we saw last night, and obviously there's the, t the statistical thresholds that have never been reached in a playoff game, being 45, at least 45 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists. Put it in perspective for us, brother. Yes, yeah, statistically, this is the best postseason game of the last, what, 40 years beyond the first round. Statistically, we have not seen anything like this after the first round. This is a huge game. The stakes of a 2-2 tie in the series against the Milwaukee Bucks, and he puts up 49, 17, and 10. Three steals, two blocks, super efficient with the shot, and also closing it out with incredible shot-making clutch play down the stretch. So... Statistically, we just haven't seen a guy fill up the box score like this this late in the season with this same sort of efficiency. His game score, which is essentially a rating of your box score stats in one game, his game score was 50.4, which is the highest we have seen since, I mean, anything outside of the first arm. We haven't seen it since 1983 when these stats were tracked full scale. So Kevin Durant has his game score is actually better than Michael Jordan's best in the postseason, better than LeBron James's best. It's essentially unmatched beyond the first round. And look, there's Charles Barkley's had some amazing games. Uh, Michael Jordan's Damian Lillard just did three. Damian Lillard dropped fifty plus in a double overtime game against the Nuggets. But in terms of forty eight minutes, he played all forty eight minutes with the efficiency, with the rebounds, and the playmaking, and the defense. Like, what he yeah. did was statistically unmatched. And I think when you talk about Kevin Durant, he said it. He does everything. There's only a couple of players in NBA history who do everything. It's LeBron. It's Oscar. It's Magic. But I don't think Magic's bringing the defense that KD brought last night. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm wondering, you know, yesterday we had, Tom, we had uh, the opinionated seven-footers on, Brendan Haywood and Ryan Hollins. And one of the things Haywood said was, uh, look, the series, it, they're, they're lucky that they're healthy. Milwaukee, this is at 2-2, his perspective. At 2-2, they're lucky that they're healthy because they have not done a great job coaching. That Mike Budenholzer has done a horrible job of, of just taking advantage of, uh, of situations. So I know as great as Kevin Durant was uh, last night and has been throughout the series, do you think coaching contributes to this at all, whether it's not putting Giannis on... Durant, or allowing Giannis to take threes. Do you see any coaching deficiencies in this series? Uh, yeah, a lot of coaching deficiencies. I mean, the first thing is, how are you not double-teaming that dude? 
Like Kevin Durant ha- doesn't have anybody else who can score at will. It all is, it's all about trying to stop KD and they did not double team him. They trusted PJ Tucker with those assignments and they didn't trust Giannis Antetokounmpo. I actually don't think that's a good idea putting Giannis on him. Giannis is a really good help defender, anchor, rim protector, but I don't think it's, it's smart to put him on KD and gas him for the other end of the floor. You got PJ Tucker, throw some double teams at him and force the ball out of his hands. Because, look, Jeff Green is not going to shoot seven, three, seven for eight from downtime. Holiday, look, Holiday's a great on-ball defender. Throw him on there and have a double team of Chris Middleton. Whatever it is, get it out of KD's hands. They didn't double team at all last night. And so when you talk about deficiencies, there's one right there. Secondly, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton got to go at James Harden. They got to put the ball on the deck. They are not, um, you know, Kyrie Irving out there. They don't have the, the dribbling skills like they do. But you have to be able to take advantage of James Harden and his inability to move. He barely got into the three-point arc on offense. And defensively, he was, it was almost imp- impossible for him to move laterally. And that's why in that possession against Giannis, when he's saying, no, I got this, I got Giannis, because he's in the post-up. He's not having to move laterally with Giannis. And so I think they have to target James Harden a lot more. And look, in the player empowerment era, it's hard to disseminate which is Giannis and which is the coach because maybe Giannis is the one that wants to play like KD, dribble it out to half court, go one-on-one against Blake or Jeff Green or whoever it is, and act like he's a Luka or a KD or a Kawhi Something Leonard. Something that he's not, that, yeah. That's not him, yeah. Mike. That's not him. And so someone no. needs to shake Giannis and say, that's not you. We can't get that from you. You're Shaq. Stop trying to be KD. You're not going to be KD at his game. And that's going to fall on the coach. That's going to fall on the organization. But in this player empowerment era, we can't just say this is a one-way street, right? The players need to own up to this too. And Giannis probably wants to be that guy, and he's not that guy. No, that's real talk. Everything we thought we knew about the NBA playoffs moving forward went out the window this morning with – the news at first, uh, Chris Paul is in the COVID health and safety protocol and how much time he misses is directly related to the fact that Kawhi Leonard not only has a significant knee injury to keep him out indefinitely, reportedly the Clippers feel that he may have an ACL injury. So that series, that Clippers Utah series, which looked like it could go to distance, may now be shorter without Kawhi Leonard, I think we'd all agree, I mean, it's Utah series to lose with home court and with no Kawhi, may now be shorter, which then could cause Chris Paul to miss more time, depending on whether or not he was exposed to somebody with COVID, failed to test, vaccinated or not, who the hell knows? Tom, these damn injuries will not leave us alone. Put today's developments on the injury front in perspective, please. It's crazy. I mean, it took all of this to happen for LeBron James to get on Twitter and go on a a tweet thread saying, I told y'all, I told you so. Shortening the offseason, essentially the Lakers and the the Miami Heat had to turn around and have the shortest offseason in pro sports history. Not just NBA history. 71 days was shorter than any postseason and any offseason than Major League Baseball, NFL, uh, NHL, or NBA. And he went on this tweet storm basically saying these injuries were predictable because the NBA was essentially saying we need to get back on track sooner and get through the schedule 
We have a lot of bills to pay. We have TV net TV partners that are paying us lots of money to come through with these games. And LeBron James is saying they did not listen. Now, my question is, who is LeBron talking about? Is it they, the owners? Is they the league office? Or is it they, the players? Because this is collectively bargained. This is collectively, right. This is collectively bargained. It is a partnership that whatever Adam Silver says or the league office or the owners say, it does not happen without the sign off from the players. And so Chris Paul, the president of the players union and LeBron James, as bad as these injuries are, there is some blood on their hands, so to speak, to say, hey, it's on you guys too to make sure that this whole entire system is safe and it does not happen without the sign-off of the players. So Chris Paul, like that's health and safety protocols, but Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, hobbled, all these injuries, more injuries to star players in the postseason in NBA history, as LeBron noted. But some of that, not everything, some of that falls on the players for agreeing to the system that might be hurting them in the long run. You know what, uh, Tom and Mike, um, I don't cuss anymore. Uh, Moments like this, I wish I did. I really did. You know, look, LeBron is from Akron, Ohio, one of the great places on earth. I'm from there. That's my homeboy. But he's so full of, yeah, on this one. Okay, let's just, let's look at the list. Like, this is such a hot take. It's so surface level. It's not really considering each injury that you're looking at. Let's see. Joel Embiid is injured. Is that news? Joel Embiid is injured. Kyrie Irving stepped on Giannis's foot, or foot, uh, Giannis stepped on Kyrie's foot. That's that injury. James Harden has chronic hamstring issues. Chris Paul, uh, Chris Paul is usually hurt, and th- in this case, it's not even being hurt. It's a COVID protocol. Danny Green is 33. Anthony Davis has injury his uh, has an injury history. LeBron James is 36 years old and, and got injured during regular like like. It's so convenient. Everybody on that list. The only one you can say is, oh, I'm not sure. Trey Young. Serge Ibaka, injuries. Mike Conley. I don't, I don't know. I mean, come on, man. That is the, such the point a is, hot take, and it's convenient. It's convenient. Right. The, the eight ahead, or nine players that he doesn't mention, the players that he doesn't mention is himself. Like, how much is this is LeBron complaining about his own state of being where he had a high ankle sprain, he tried to come back, aggravated it, played basically, what, 50% in the playoffs and essentially was asking. I've never seen this before. I've covered LeBron James uh, for a long time. I have never seen LeBron asking out in the middle of playoff games because he's not able to play either due to wind or just his ankle. That is a new uh, development. So LeBron James is coming in with this and seeing the stat that it's the most – players missing playoff games in NBA history eight potentially nine here with Chris Paul and so he's using that as a launching point into a larger conversation which I think we need to have the players and the owners need to agree on a number of games that is healthy for the entire system and secondly I think what is what is important here is that the NBA schedule cannibalizes its own stars because the longer you go in the postseason the shorter your offseason is. So the best players, the best teams are unfairly punished coming into the next season by coming in already dinged up from the season before. And now we're seeing it again. The NBA offseason is going to be short again because they're going to try to get the season started in October. So they need to come to an agreement here. The overall health of the league 
because if the players are mad and the owners aren't happy with all these injuries, there has to be a change to the system. And I'll just add one thing. Michael, you're right. He had that saved in drafts. I, I appreciate your pushback on it because he had that saved in drafts. And remember, this is not I told you so. He's felt like this from the beginning. And it's whether you want this confirmation bias, whether it's, uh, you know, facts to suit theories, whatever it is. Keep in mind, he's not being a prisoner at a moment. This was a trend all year long. And there is no denying that the compressed schedule contributed to more injuries all year long. But you're right. There are individual circumstances that could have happened independent of a, comp- a COVID compromised season. But LeBron has been sitting on this. And, it, and you have to acknowledge that it's been a year, season-long trend that is extending into the postseason to Stroh's point sure. when games are going, uh, are going longer and longer for these, but you know what, Mike? these teams. So real, but, real quick, Mike. Yeah. I'll say just this yeah. year, and, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you, I'm just going to say this and just kick it right back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. it's pandemic, and the commissioner is sitting there saying, all right, we got to right. start. Or as Stroh said off the top, you know, there are millions of dollars at stake, if not billions, but I'm going to say millions. Same millions of dollars at stake. Game. If, yeah. if you don't start at a certain time, hey, the, you already yeah. lost money this year. You already lost money. You're going to lose yeah. a ton of money and really compromise a lot of critical things for the lifeblood of the league if you don't yeah. start. So you're really in a tough position. You have to start. There was, there was, there was never going to be a perfect solution because obviously none of this was anybody's fault. It really came down to COVID. Uh, we're up against uh, time here, Stro. But man, on the coaching front, and I thought about you. I was so happy to have you today. Because first I see a headline that the Blazers are interested in Eric Spolstra. Well, duh. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't know how real. I'm interested in a lot of things. Doesn't mean I'm getting it. But also, you know Stan Van Gundy very, very well. He's one and done uh, in New Orleans. Uh, Zion Williamson's about to have his third coach in three seasons, which is this is crazy to think about. Uh, Scott Brooks out in D.C. After all, they endured with COVID. They go to the playoffs. They can't come to an agreement. Give us your quick take on just the, the vacancies, the coaching carousel, and, and the developments that may be still to come. Yeah, I'm not seeing Eric Spolscher going to Portland back home where he's from in Portland. Of course, went to college there and played hoops. And the little known fact, yeah. he was on the court for Hank Gathers. He was the point guard for Portland when that happened. Um, so Eric Spolscher going back home to Portland to coach the Blazers, I don't see that happening uh, this year. I do see Mike D'Antoni. Uh, who's already apparently interviewed for that job in Portland. I see that as a perfect fit with Damian Lillard. I'd love to see D'Antoni ball with Damian Lillard. He might drop 35, 40 points a game next year in in a D'Antoni offense. So all the coaching carousel changes this season. One thing I want to say is the fatigue of this season and the protocols and waking up at crazy hours to get tested, this was not a burden felt by only the players. I talked to a lot of coaches this season that were just ready for the season to end. That this wasn't like, hey, we want to fight for the playoffs. It was, I can't wait for the season to end because everyone was just burnt out. So I think a lot of these coaching changes, look at Stan Van Gundy. I don't know if this was his call or as much as it was the Pelicans, but I think a lot of coaches endured a lot of stress and they get very well compensated. Um, They are in in the toy department of human affairs, as Pat Riley likes to say, coaching NBA games. But do not underestimate how hard this season was for coaches and all of the drama of this season. I think that's a big reason why you're seeing so many openings is simply a lot of coaches just aren't up to it right now and want to just have a, a clear break from this entire season. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to go back on my word. I'm going back on my word. Michael, I apologize. I know we're supposed to go to break. 
We'll get to Marcus in a second. I cannot let Tom Haberstroh go. This this got buried today. Okay, one last question. One last question. I'm breaking my own rule. One last question. The All NBA teams. Did you have any problems with the All NBA teams? Because there were a couple of players. Your boy Jimmy Butler and even LeBron. I know it's cocky. I have all. I think you have an All NBA team without LeBron James. But people that missed significant chunks of time. I was like, eh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. But other than that, I didn't have too many nits to pick. Any nits that you would pick with the All NBA teams? Any of them? Just do 15 pl- 15 best players. Three teams, best 15 right. best. Forget about the positioning. Yeah. Forget about that Position, because when yeah. you had Jason Tatum missing out because it was listed as a guard or, or forward, even though he had more votes than other players, like just forget about positions and just do the 15 best players um, for for all NBA. Yeah. That's my biggest my biggest complaint with this thing. It's not perfect. I like that. But when you but when you have a positionless NBA, let's just go with it and say no positions, 15 best players by three teams, five by five by five, and just do it that way because it's unfair that a, a player played it. a position. That was at guard versus forward. It doesn't make any sense. Just go top fifteen. That was great. That's a great. That's a great idea. Yo, man, you just dropped 45, 17, 10 with three blocks and two steals. Thank you so much, bro. Hey, like, it was forty nine. It was forty nine. You always bring. I'm just. I'm not not counting. Oh, I'm sorry. Forty nine. Forty nine. Forty nine. My bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to shortchange you. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. We'll see you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, fellas. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Wait a minute. You know what? Oh. You got a lot of, be- <laughs> you got a lot of assist out of that. You got a lot of assist, okay? There's a lot of... Oh! Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, bro, Whoa. I am cooking. I am cooking today. That's right. That's right. I am cooking today. And you cannot, Michael Holly, you cannot have, you can't, you can't have a day, a, a Kevin Durant appreciation day. You can't have a day where you're talking about the greatness of Kevin Durant and not talk about the definitive Kevin Durant biographer. I mean, if we're going to talk about Kevin Durant, we have got to bring in the man himself who literally wrote the book on Kevin Durant. 
I am talking about yeah. Marcus Thompson, the second from the athletic author of KD Kevin Durant's pursuit to be the greatest. This man has covered Kevin Durant for years, knows his story inside and out, dropped the mic on the athletic today as he does all the time uh, in terms of Pete KD returning and gracing us with his presence. The, uh, the, the Pete KD we didn't know we'd see coming off the Achilles. I don't, I don't want to steal your words, uh, Marcus, because you, as usual, you did a great job of, of recapping what we saw last night, man. But help us put it in perspective uh, what Kevin Durant did last night. Yeah, I, I think Mr. Holly, I think you got to take it easy. You know, I think you got to, I think you got to give him some grace because it was a fair assessment to wonder if we'd ever see this guy again, right? Like it, it's legit. He came off an Achilles. I, I get it. I'm, I'm with you. I understand why you doubted Kevin Durant. I get it. But the boy was back for game five. Like that was, that was the KD we know and love. That's there. How many dudes, there ain't but a few of them can shut down basketball. Like if you're a basketball fan, no matter what you were doing, everybody was like, Hey, yo, KD out here wilding. You need to stop what you're doing. How many dinners got burnt, right? Like, how many kids were left crying in the crib? Like, it was going down. KD's one of them dudes. Like, it's not. We don't have that many dudes who could do that. KD's one of them, and it was just so good that to see that he was back. Like, I loved it. I was like, yeah, we get more. We get more PKD. I, I was loving it. So I understand. Uh, you just got to change. You got to change now, Michael. We got to update the book. Man, we gotta, you know telling me that? Yeah, they got to update the check. <laughs> <laughs> cut the check, <laughs> Anthony Mack. Cut the check. <laughs> there it is. The check, it's all hey, good. Marcus, I, I do want to. Uh, I want to ask you um, because it's it's a great sub. Uh, you know, subhead there. The relentless, uh, his relentless pursuit to be the greatest, and that just kind of speaks to the psyche of the man. And there are so many people like me. I'll call myself out first. So many people on the outside looking in who have their views of what Kevin Durant is, what he's about, what he stands for, what drives him, you know better than most. So if you just had to, you know, drop some nuggets on us, like, hey, a lot of people don't know X, Y, Z about Kevin Durant. You know, what are some of those things? Well, one, he's a savant, right? Like, this dude is, he's different, man. And and you could see it. Uh, He loves basketball in a way that I think people just don't understand. Like, like, and it's not it's not as common as you would think for NBA players. Like, he loves basketball, and he's so smart about it, right? Like, he thinks the game. There's a there's a there's a little kid in Kevin Durant who's still the guy, and you know, in in, in PG County, like playing in the gym, right? Like sleeping on the mat behind the curtain during closing hours because he don't want to walk all the way back home, and he want to be ready for the open run that happens at night, right? Like that's at his core, he's still that guy. He just doesn't lose that guy, the, the guy that loves ball. And I know he gets into all the social media stuff and all of that. The bottom line is the dude loves ball, and he's a genius at it. Like, he, he's like, we're watching Prince, right? Like, this this is how good he is. Uh, in honor of, uh, you know, he's got the, um, the Tupac uh, tattoo on his leg, right? And since it's, you know – you know what comes to mind is when I'm thinking about this is uh the Pac lyrics. You know when he was like uh, so mandatory my elevation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my lyrics, my, my like, lyrics like orientation. See with the, your faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like for yeah. me. That's KD, right? Like you want to know KD? 
you got to get familiar with his game. Like, get familiar with who you want to really know what he about. Get familiar with his game, how much he put into it. Like, it's crazy that he came back from an Achilles and he just dropped 49, 17 to yeah, 10 man. in game five and playing 48 minutes. But you, it makes sense if you already went through orientation of knowing who his game and who he is. Hey, yo, that was a bar. It really was. And I'm going to tell you what else. I, and, and don't think, hold on, Doug. Hold, this, this, how much, this is how much I respect your game. Don't think I didn't, I didn't pick up the Lil' Kim. Yes. Dressed in all black. That's why like you my guy. That's why you have, my guy. Have your friends yeah. singing, this is for my homies, and you know me. Oh, no, you listen, listen, okay? I'm in the presence <laughs> of two brilliant wordsmiths here. So, get, get, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I pick up on your stuff. Don't worry about that. Um, I, I love you for that. Oh, but, Thank yo, you. I was thinking, t- <laughs> but I was thinking, too, though, when you said, um, you know, just how much he loves it or how, who can, who can shut basketball down or who can get, who can just captivate the country the way Kevin Durant does. I love Kevin Durant as a cheerleader because, Michael, you said something earlier. You talked about it being a spiritual experience last night. That was his words in describing watching Dame Lillard. Like yep. Kevin Durant, hmm. and, and, I, and I know we just had, and I wasn't even going to get into this, but I guess I will now. I know we just saw, because I don't like getting in other people's business and, and they mess or whatever, especially public figures. But we had the, the KDJ Will back and forth about whether or not KD said to Jay Will, don't ever compare me to Giannis. On one hand, I find it hard to believe that somebody would make that story up. But Marcus, tell me if I'm reading this the right way, because you know the guy. I could also see why KD would not want to be compared to Giannis, not in a that dude ain't on my level kind of way. Don't don't disrespect me by comparing him, but don't disrespect any of us. Like he's so protective of the game and so protective of of his fellow players and such a cheerleader himself until I could see how you'd be turned off and he even said it. I don't get into the whole ranking stuff. Is that is that a fair assessment? I think he's a dichotomy in that sense, right? There's a part of there's a part okay. of Kevin that is kind of sappy about the game, right? Like there it's 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 a source of joy. It's kind of you know, it's spiritual, right? It's sacred and there's a part of him that really feels that. But there's also a dog in that dude, right? <laughs> Who's like, I'm the best in the world. <laughs> and I think he kind of, I, I think those two those two guys exist. And you don't get to be as good as he is and to make it to this level without having a bit of that. But, like, if you just watch how his, his colleagues react to him. They're all like, hey, yo, that's easy money, right? Like, that dude is a savage, and he will destroy you. And yeah. I do think there's a part of him that's like, don't put nobody in a conversation with me. But also, I do think he's he's 30. <laughs> he's been through a lot. And there's a part of him that's like, man, there needs to just be more appreciation. Less comparing, less like, you know, pitting people against each other, and more just being in awe. And that's what you see with him when he's not playing and he's watching. Like, he's just in awe of the, the fellow greatness. So I do think that part of Kevin Durant wins out a lot. And that, and that like kind of war inside the part of him as he gets older, yeah. it's like, Hey man, all this stuff is kind of childish. Let's just appreciate everybody. And we're going to talk about this when we 65, like at the hall of fame ceremony, right? right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about all that stuff yeah. later. You know what, for, for both of you, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're here having written uh, continuing to write and you know what it's like when you're trying to get a story just right especially to me I, I, I don't write quickly so yeah I don't know if y'all brothers write quickly I don't so it's like okay got a few paragraphs in 
I gotta do it again. No, no, that's not quite right. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change that around. And it seems like Kevin Durant has been doing that, Marcus, with his decision to go to Golden State and just putting that whole thing in perspective. Like, it, I, I really have heard like 10 different versions of why he went to the Warriors as if he has to explain it to others or explain it to himself. What did you see? What did you see from his time with the Warriors? I saw some great basketball, some of the best basketball I've seen in my life. But beyond that, how did you see the dynamic and just uh, just Kevin Durant fitting into the Warriors? In hindsight, looking back, I really, I, I really feel like the dude is a savant and he needed a challenge, right? I, I, I think he, I think he, lo- he was in Oklahoma City and he had been playing this one way for his whole life, which is the whole, yeah, KD, give me the ball, give KD the ball, right? The whole Will Smith Bel Air Academy type <laughs> style of play, and I think he mm-hmm. saw the Warriors and saw like this. PhD level course of basketball, right? And it's like, yo, these dudes are good, but look how they're playing. Like, look, look at how they're thinking about the game. Look how they're in sync. I think that type of that type of mental basketball was attractive to him, and how they were all together. Uh, and he got to the Warriors, and you know, it was a, a rough adjustment at first because he was so used to playing a certain way. But then he had to learn how to play off the ball. So it's almost like now looking back. It feels like a guy trying, like acquiring these new levels, right? Like I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna learn this part. Okay, now I need a new challenge. I want to do this, right? And I don't know if he'll ever be like I'm gonna settle on this. There's this constant pursuit for this extra level of the game, and it, it's it's a level I don't, I can't, I can't think like this. Like I'm not a genius. Like that's what I'm saying. We we underestimate the genius of some of these guys, right? This is literal genius it may not be in the form of like the way we normally characterize geniuses but the way these dudes think about it and process it and 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 Hmm. just exist in it is really genius like like i mean you talk to steph curry about shooting you're not talking to a regular dude about shooting right you're talking to a genius about shooting and that's that's how they think so we we have a hard time comprehending their decision making and their thinking yeah. because they're not like they, they don't process it differently so I looking back I know he was just at Marvel like yo it's Steph Draymond Clay how do these dudes exist like this how are they so in sync I want to kind of be part of that and then there was another level I want to play with my guy Kyrie I wonder what we can do and I wouldn't be surprised if there's another level after this like you know he's just he's a savant I don't think he settles and it's like okay we're good this is where I am I'm cool there's going to always be something that makes him seek another level and his his pursuits will be relentless you like that book club right there right that was pretty good oh there it is that was excellent go book ahead, shout out. and that was available, more bars, available. Because- Am- amazon amazon.com <laughs> because i'm gonna tell you what no look, i mean there's nothing i enjoy more than being educated in real time because earlier in the show and i thought this but i realized just from listening to you just now Marcus, that i was dumbing i was dumbing it down i was bringing him down to our level i thought that he was I thought he was searching for something, but I wouldn't have thought it was this savant genius level of enlightenment or fulfillment that you just described. I thought he was searching for external validation, and it sounds like that couldn't be further from the truth. So I appreciate you uh, enlightening us on his basketball journey and and why he's taken the the stops that he has. Um, To be fair, that's just my my read uh, on it. I don't want him coming out saying, no, you don't know me. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I, that's just my take. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Marcus <laughs> I don't cannot know, speak for me. Marcus, yeah, I, don't, I don't speak Marcus for him. Marcus never exactly. speak for me. This, I never this said this is my hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, like don't come for me, KD. I'm just out here, man. I'm just trying to eat. That's it. <laughs> you know, look, K, look, KD, KD got that's the what KD and Kwame Brown got a lot in common in that in that in that regard, right? They will bring. They got people watching their words. Um, you also. <laughs> <laughs> you also wrote beautifully uh, recently about the relationship and the journey between uh, Chris Paul and Monty Williams. And I swear, man, I was literally going to text CJ Paul, tell him how happy I was for him. Hadn't I got around to sending the text? And then this morning happens. Something else happens with Chris Paul in the playoffs. This time he's in the health and safety protocol uh, for COVID. Um, not sure what you know about where that situation stands. We'll see how much time he has to miss uh, depending on when the next round starts. But just give us a, a deeper insight into how Chris Paul, talk about geniuses, you know, best quarterback in yes. the NBA has ever seen in my mind. How, how has he been able to still be this dominant this, at this stage of, of his career? Diet, I mean, I, I know he's, you know, he cut out meat a while ago. Um, you know, is it, how, how, what, tell, tell us about his level of, of savant uh, when it comes to how he's able to literally have a Midas touch. You want to talk about Golden, there's another plug, Golden, Steph Curry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he has, this guy has the Midas, this guy's got the Midas touch. You know, wherever he goes, they go to the playoffs. It's so true. You know what I love about Chris Paul, man? He, he became like the cool version of the old man, like his game turned into the old man game. Like you could see him when he's playing, talking to youngsters like, boy, you don't want none of this, right? And I'm just going to get to the elbow and I'm going to hit my shot every time. What you, you you ain't ready for this. You know what I'm saying? You could just see him saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Grow up, live a little bit longer, right? You could see him working through those machinations <laughs> in his head because he's just such an OG. I do think like his competitive fire is just, it's, it's it's unreal, right? Like it's it's next level, and I do think that competitive fire made him tired of being like, "Yo, I'm gonna be," I, like he got his body together, right? I need there's another level I need to get to, but I, another I think he's another guy who's so smart, who just knows how to read, and like you said, best way you put it, he's the best quarterback. He's our generation's floor general. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the dude. There's great point yeah. guards, like there's insane dude, but as floor general. The previous generation had magic. We got Chris Paul, right? That's 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 our dude. So I do feel like there's a part of his game that's so cerebral that he knows how to maneuver and, and manipulate everything. And I do think he's got to the point where his competitiveness doesn't burn him like it used to. Like he used to get so competitive and so mad that maybe there was a little bit of losing control, right? But I, now he's like he's the OG man. He's the he's the ultimate uncle who gonna school you he's he's at that perfect level of i know so much about the game but i still got the athleticism and he's just getting to his spots and he's just cooking you and he's got some horses with him it it's crazy and i, I love the fact that he's got monty williams with him you, you can you imagine the other team going on a run like we just watched we just watched milwaukee like kind of fold right when when the Nets came for them, they, they looked like a team that kind of felt the weight of it all and, and didn't execute. Can you imagine Phoenix having another team come for them and now it's Chris Paul and Monty Williams in the huddle together? How nervous you think they'll be? They'll be like, what? 
Well, you know, we'd have been through. <laughs> they they yeah. will be yeah. as cool and regular. We're going to map this out. We're not worried. And imagine how that injects into somebody like Devin Booker, who's never been there before, right? DeAndre Ayton, who's never been there for, before. Dogs like Jay Crowder, Javon Carter, and Campaign. Dudes have been fighting their whole life to get – they got the coolest dudes at the top who have been through trauma, been through adversity, got this long-standing relationship together. Like they ain't worried about a thing, right? Like now they might they can lose, but it ain't gonna be because they choked. It ain't gonna be because they got the moment got yeah. too big for them. It's gonna be because gonna, somebody was he better. Ain't gonna turn it over. <laughs> exactly yeah, he, right. He nah, he, over in time. nah, he ain't gonna do that. <laughs> I hope I hope he I hope he I, I hope it's just like a game or two, man. I hope I hope this ain't how you go out. Can't go out like that, man. Oh, like, you can't you can't be this. You can't yeah. be this. I I, I love the uh, I love the image of, of Chris Paul as the as the old dude schooling the young guys. I, I, in my mind's eye, I see like old dude coming to the court. He got on jorts and wingtips. Like, give me the ball, give me the ball. <laughs> he he make it. He tighten his belt hella tight, right? Like he like, hold on, let me tighten my belt. Let me, it's like all the way to the last. Uh, you don't know nothing. So no <laughs> yeah, you don't know nothing about this. You don't know nothing about this. You know, um, but let me ask you. Here's my last thing for you. Um, who's gonna win the whole thing? Simple as that. Who's gonna win this whole thing in this weird season? I'm going with Philly. Although whoa. I'm nervous. I didn't nervous expect that. Why Philly? Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why Philly? I, now, that's something I would say, but I, what? I know, right? Well, I, I, I initially thought Philly had the best route to be Brooklyn. Like, they have, they have the thing Brooklyn has no answer for in Joel Embiid. And that's the counter. And if Brooklyn's not healthy... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect Philly to have this much problems with Trey Young and them, but you know, ATL, you know what I'm saying? It's going down in the swats. But I feel like they'll get through that series and they got Joel Embiid. I mean, that, that they got Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris could get a bucket, Seth Curry's shooting like, you know, he's a Curry, and they got Doc Rivers who's been there before. And you know, we know how Doc is when he first gets to the team, right? Like, Doc, Doc be on point uh, <laughs> in the early years. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I do feel like they have those things going for him. And it may come down to Doc Rivers against Utah, who hadn't been on that stage before, or against Phoenix, who hadn't been on that stage before. And in the end, it just feels like Joel Embiid, the way he was playing before the last game, where he, like, just kind of lost it. It's really going to come down to attrition, right? Like, who's the healthiest and I don't know how you well, can ever pick Philly if that's the case. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm literally banking yeah. on Joel and B to be healthy. I don't know why I would do that. Well, listen, I don't listen. know. Maybe I need some some counseling, but I am. But actually, and respectfully, Michael, it's such a hard question for anybody to answer right now because it's oh, like yeah. I, I don't know about you, Michael, or, or for that, or Marcus, even you. I have these, these these dueling emotions today as a basketball fan because I'm still on a high from last night. And yet, yeah. I get gut punched with the Chris Paul health and safety protocol news and the Kawhi Leonard out indefinitely news after Man. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were literally taking the NBA playoffs and saying, nope, actually, the reason why people want to trust us, we're going to go score 30 apiece in back to back games and show y'all why they brought us together in the first place. And bam, now Kawhi Leonard's out. So I guess what I would say <clears> is. <throat> And, and LeBron went in on the injuries. We talked about this earlier. He went on the injuries all season because of the schedule and all the playoffs. There's not a team right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
Obviously, Milwaukee lost uh, Dante DiVincenzo, but Milwaukee, I believe, is the only team, active team, that doesn't have an ongoing injury issue. Everybody else has a key player who's either out or ailing right now. So, Marcus, how how are you going to, as a, as a chronicler of this game, you know, on the level that you are, how do you contextualize? Michael said it earlier, this weird season. Like, how do you how do you judge it adequately when it's literally the last team standing when it's literally a battle of attrition. I mean, part of me wants to like give him an extra t- trophy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, here's the here's the Larry here's the Larry O'Brien, and also, yo, here's the we beat COVID. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We beat the pandemic trophy because this is nuts. Think about this. Like Brooklyn, even if they get to the finals, like wh- I'm worried about KD. New playing 48 minutes. 48 minutes off of yeah. the Achilles. Like, I'm worried about that. Like, this is nuts. Uh, we all knew it would be here, and we and I kind of – we just don't like it. It's hard to like this. It's hard to like a battle of attrition as opposed to a battle of the best, right? It's hard to be on board for that. Uh, I, I do think whoever wins it will have to win it again <laughs> in order to really be in the pantheon, right? Uh, like, like – the Lakers won it in the bubble, and they kind of needed to win it again just for people to not call it the Mickey Mouse title, right? So I do feel like whoever wins yeah. it, uh, the, the, it will be like it's, it's a title. It's a championship. I'm not playing those games about it don't count. Like titles are hard. You know what I'm saying? Like pour the champagne. Sure. Like this is tough. But when you start now comparing teams, uh, it, it's really going to help. Like if it's KD, I mean, what, what does KD need to do? Like he's already – we know who KD is, but some of these other guys, like yeah. you, you don't want to, you don't want them at the end to be like, I mean, do it again. Let's see if it wasn't a fluke, right? I think that's kind of how we go to approach well, it because we some haters. I mean, I'm telling you, last on the other on the flip side, last year was considered some would consider it, you know, at least mentally, the toughest championship, grueling, yeah, in the bubble. Right. I don't see how this one bubble. isn't as tough, if not tougher, because of the turnaround and the injuries and coming on the heels. And, and there's travel. no bubble, yeah. Marcus. And travel, and there's no yeah. bubble, right. which makes it even more difficult. Right. Hey, Marcus, this was you being too realistic, though, overdue. too logical. You being too oh, trying to oh, I know about that's a, that's a content. Flaw. Like, that's come flaw, on, man, Marcus. we just gotta yeah. hate. We just gonna hate. That's what we gonna do. <laughs> I know you're right. Listen, um, we love this man, and we love your work. This is long overdue, bro. Please come back again and drop some more knowledge, man. You're killing it on the athletic. Come back and kick it with us again, please. Absolutely. Don't make make sure it's not like Tupac's birthday and you know fifty first birthday. Like we got to do something in between there. You know what I'm saying? Because sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I understand it's a big day and all, but you know, don't be trying to treat me like Juneteenth or something. You feel me? Like, like we gonna we gonna do more than honor this. <laughs> I no love doubt. y'all, man. Hey, keep doing listen, what you do. We, I love we, y'all. We will blow you up. Appreciate you, I'm bro. Take it easy. Right. We will. All don't right. worry. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Title V United States Code to designate Juneteenth National Independence Day as a legal public holiday. The Senate will now proceed to the measure. I ask unanimous consent the bill be considered and read a third time and passed, and the motion to reconsider be considered made and laid upon the table. Without objection. Motion 269, designating June 19, 2021, as Juneteenth Independence Day in recognition of June 19, 1865, the date on which News of the end of slavery reached the slaves in the southwestern states. Thank you, Mr. President. That was the Juneteenth resolution. All right, so the Senate did its job unanimously, passing uh, a bill to mark Juneteenth as a federal holiday. Um, the real end of slavery, when the last slaves in the state of Texas were informed of the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, and now the House is expected to vote on Wednesday, uh, today, on legislation that would formally establish Juneteenth as a national holiday. Uh, but Jason Johnson, and I'm sure I'm <laughs> preaching to the choir when I say this, I think I speak for all of us. I'm just going to put it simply. White people shouldn't get the day off. Like, that should just be for us. Like, like, like this should not be a federal holiday. Like, I'm, like, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I don't care how that sounds. I don't care how people feel about this. I, it's something wrong with white people benefiting from the end of slavery and they get the day off too? Like, are they going to celebrate with us too? Like, okay, we can't, we can't argue about critical race theory and we can't try to protect Confederate monuments and we can't, you know, sit up here and have all these, these racist systems still in play and yet, oh, but we all take Juneteenth off. That just feels weird to me. It's, it's, it's very much like, why don't you have a gift for me on Mother's Day and I'm the dad kind of energy, right? Like, like it's Mother's Day. It's the one day. Chill out, all right? Like, it's not for you, okay? So maybe you can celebrate it for somebody else for once. That would be nice. Look, I would love it if Juneteenth were a holiday where, I don't know, like a, like a, a, a family version of Halloween where white people would like lay out food on their houses and black people could go from place to place picking up, I don't know, plane tickets and food and low interest loans. But that's not going to happen, unfortunately. None of those things will be provided. In fact, this law does absolutely nothing except give us a holiday. But again, as you pointed out, Michael, this is at the same time that you've got state legislatures that are fighting against critical race theory that they don't know anything about, trying to suppress our votes. And I am not thrilled at the idea of a universal vote to say, we will give you black people the opportunity to hang out and party, but we won't allow you to vote. We won't pass laws to keep cops from murdering you, and nor will we do an investigation into a white nationalist insurrection in our country. So this is a quintessential <laughs> example you. of why people are mad Thank at Congress. All right, Doc, tell me this, though. Tell me this as I try to figure it out. I'm shocked by, not that it, that it was approved, but that it was approved unanimously. Help me understand. I'm just trying to think, like, how could the Senate unanimously approve this? I, I, based on what you're saying, you know, critical race theory, like, they're, you know, uh, uh, Tim Scott and others saying racism doesn't exist. So then you come back and you say, Juneteenth, yes, great idea. What gives? 
That is the same way that Ted Cruz can show up to Martin Luther King Day ceremonies and say, see, we respect Martin Luther King at the same time I'm suppressing voting rights. That's the same way the United Chamber of Commerce can get together and support people who are fighting against reforming the filibuster, but at the same time say, we care. Look, but honestly, Michael, this is what we've seen in America ad nauseum, in particular in the last 18 months, right? 50 million organizations, businesses plowed $500 million last year. We're going to do something about the racial reckoning. And they don't do anything. They talk about progress, but right. they do nothing other than symbolic stuff. So I'm not surprised that this was, look, this is not like an MVP vote, right? These people will get together and they will vote unanimously for something because they know it doesn't make a difference. I promise you, I promise you, if any of the 50 Republicans in the Senate thought that Juneteenth would make black people a scintilla happier, they wouldn't have voted for it. They are literally voting for this holiday yeah. so that they can go on vacation for another day out of the week. No, that, I think the unanimity shows just how empty it is. It, 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 it can't be. It's not a no-brainer. It just goes to show you how meaningless it is. It, it, obviously, the holiday means something to us, but not to them, which is why, like, oh, yeah, sure. Here's, here's, a, here's another pacifier. Here's another bone. Right. Uh, meanwhile, um, the significance and, and your takeaways from President Biden's meeting with Vladimir Putin uh, today uh, gave him what? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Trying to hold back the laughter? I, I because this is the thing about all these meetings. And I, 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 I'm telling you guys, this, I say this as a political scientist. Somebody does this political analysis. First off, Vladimir Putin doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't respect Joe Biden. He doesn't respect any president of the United States. He didn't like Obama, he doesn't like Biden, and he knew that Donald Trump was just a puppet. So I don't really understand, I, I'm saying this objectively, I don't understand why there was so much press coverage of this meeting today, because it's not going to fundamentally change the dynamics between our two countries. Russia right now, under Vladimir Putin, is laughing. They are doing proverbial donuts on our front yard, because it's like they got everything that they wanted over the last four years. They got an idiot president who destabilized America, destabilize NATO, and now our country is so inherently dysfunctional that he doesn't have to fear anything that Joe Biden said. Joe Biden can go up to, to, to Vladimir Putin right here, right now, and say, hey, look, stop with the cyber attack. And Vladimir Putin's like, y'all have people trying to tear down your own capital. That hasn't happened in my country in 100 years. That hasn't <laughs> happened in my country right. in decades. Y'all don't really have nothing to say to me right yeah. now. Scoreboard. That's what Vladimir Putin is saying. So the, the coverage of it, and, and bear in mind, this is happening. This meeting with Biden is happening on the very same day that quietly it's announced that Democrats are no longer going to seek records of Trump's meetings with Putin. So on the very day that we're having a conversation with our greatest political adversary, who he really isn't our greatest political concern and uh, uh, adversary, you have the Democratic Party rolling over as usual. All right, rub my tummy. Please, Republicans, rub my tummy. Don't do anything mean to me by not trying to pursue the conversation that happened with the last president and Putin which I'm sure he's got on like FaceTime and Instagram and everything else like that. So he can drop him when it's convenient. Michael, you know what, what I don't like about Jason? Jason be, say, Jason be saying stuff that I don't want to laugh at, given the seriousness <laughs> of the topic. I don't, right. I don't want to laugh at <laughs> I want to imagine. Right. It's not supposed you to be imagine funny. a Democrat. <laughs> imagine a Democrat rolling over saying, come on right here. He's right talking, here, about, right he's talking right about Russia. He's talking about Russia destabilizing our country and, de and demolishing our democracy. And I'm laughing. It's not funny, but he's making it funny. It's just, it's just I guess that's a comedian. Hey, Go ahead, Michael. <laughs> Doc Johnson, we're crying, I'm wondering. 
Yeah, I, I'm wondering if if you, uh, after reading the New York Times reporting on uh, Donald Trump's Department of Just Us or Just for Him yeah. and His Friends, uh, right. if you thought, hey, I see my, hey, are they going after my emails? Are they going after my personal information? Did you think, uh, did you have any kind of moments of like, hey, who's tapping this phone? Who's checking out my information? Look, look, tap my cell and the phone in the basement, right? Like I've been, real talk, like that's, I've been used to that for the last 10 years of my life. I've had people hack my stuff before. I've had a far left wing uh, news outlet send a FOIA request for my emails. Okay, it was the Intercept. I'll say it. It was Lee Fang because I called him out about it. So like, I'm I'm used to as somebody who does political commentary having people try to dig through my garbage and they can look through all the lean cuisines that they want. They're not going to find anything special, right? As if you know it's '87. I'm eating lean cuisine. The point is, dumpster diving is not uncommon in politics. But it is dangerous when you have a president do it. It is dangerous when you have a president who had a tendency to try to blackmail people on a regular basis. You remember everybody was always like, why is Lindsey Graham doing this? Donald Trump didn't have to blackmail Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham was a coward. He was going to do anything anyway. But he might have had to go after some of these Democrats in order to flip them. But here's the thing. I don't know if you all remember this term. Bill Simmons used to write about this years ago. He had this term called the Tyson Zone. Y'all ever hear about that? The Tyson Zone? He said it's the point that as he gets to... So he wrote this article. He's like, the Tyson zone is the point where athlete gets to where they've had so much trouble and so many crazy scandals that you wouldn't be shocked by anything they've done, right? Like, like if you heard oh, right. that Mike Tyson, right. like, you know, ate a live chicken on national television, you'd be like, you know, that's impossible, right? You know, like he, he got to that point in his right. career. Donald Trump is in the Tyson zone. You you can tell me anything, yeah. you know. Remember, for two years, we talked about that, that dossier where supposedly Trump had paid yeah. prostitutes to pee on a bed, blah, blah, blah. We don't yeah. know if that's true yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah. But guess what? Everybody heard him was like, I can believe it. No, it, 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 honestly, it's, it, for me, it, I didn't. I wouldn't describe it. I don't have anything clever like the Tyson zone. I, we, Michael and I talked about this before. For me, not even with the accumulation of the scandals. For me, it's like it's as simple as if it's illegal or unethical. I believe he did it. Like I don't care yeah. whether he whether it was red-handed. Whether it's, he did it. If it's illegal or unethical, yeah. Donald Trump did it. Period. <laughs> full stop. And it's ironic that this whole thing has come full circle because he literally ran an entire campaign on emails. Her emails, and here we are with right. further exposure of his corruption via uh, via email. Um, Green handed, black handed, handed on Washington football team handed. It doesn't matter if it's illegal; yeah. he would do it. Right. Exactly. Okay, so uh, Jason, <clears throat> um, <laughs> how much of this smoke should I have for you? I don't. I'm to, like I, I got it. I had it from Michael earlier. But I seem to recall you calling them the New Jersey Nets. The New Jersey Nets is what you called them, I believe. Like you wouldn't even call them the Brooklyn. You wouldn't even acknowledge them as the Brooklyn Nets. You, you had, you, you had, you had so much slander. After last night, do you want to come over to the side of the logical and the rational, or you want to stay over there with Michael Holly and and just and just hate on the Nets? Where, where, where are you at this point? You know, hard to play forty six minutes, Jason. Come on. With a little bit of CGI in the background, Michael, I could, I could put a Vader helmet on you right now as you're offering me to join the dark side. And I refuse. No, I'll never join you. I will never, ever join you. You cut off my hand. You cut, it won't matter. I refuse to join. Look, 
The New Jersey Nets, I'll call them the New Jersey Nets, right? I'm going to keep mm. calling them the New Jersey Nets. I ain't calling them the Brooklyn Nets. Unless, unless so they show up, unless they change their uniform, okay, to like to like a little biggie crown on the side or something else like that, they ain't Brooklyn to me. They're the New Jersey Nets. They're going to stay the New Jersey Nets. How be some ever. All that last night showed me is two things. Number one, that this entire playoffs is basically going to be dependent on injuries, and that's not enjoyable. That's the larger issue. Chris Paul has COVID. Kawhi Leonard has an ACL. Uh, you know, you know, this team, that team has an injury. The you know, the Bucks have no heart, right? That was before Kevin took it. Like they had no heart to begin with. You know, clearly Giannis, he needs to be hand. He's he is the Carl Malone of our current generation of NBA players. He needs to hand some of them MVP trophies back. And so was I impressed with last night? Am I impressed with the Nets? No. They are my current NBA villains. They got a coach who doesn't deserve his job, another coach behind him who ain't never won oh, nothing, God. and they have an entire squad oh, malcontents and grumblers who may stumble backwards into a championship in a year that is beyond an asterisk. This is an ampersand, a semicolon, and an umla. That's what I'm going to put on any championship anybody gets this year. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I, you know, I just, I regret. I should have just stuck to. We should have. Hey, we should have stuck to politics. I can't believe. Oh my god! All right, can I take? I, I want to change the subject. I want to change the subject. I want to change the subject before we let you go. Because you mentioned CGI. You mentioned the dark side. Have you watched the second episode of Loki yet? What do you think of Loki? I thoroughly enjoyed the first two episodes. Meant for no spoilers, Michael. You watch it yet? No spoilers. Oh, Michael, no spoilers. I, I haven't spoilers. seen the second episode because last night um, I got sent to to to, to Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth is really good. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Sweet Tooth. That's the, that's the, Sweet Tooth's the new okay. one on Netflix about this post-apocalyptic world where you've got these, like, it sounds crazy, but these hybrid children that get born that are, like, half human, half animal. It's one of the last kids left, and he's traveling throughout the world with this, like, uh, last black samurai sort of guy trying to get to Colorado where there's a preserve for hybrid humans. It sounds crazy, but the first episode was absolutely yeah. fantastic. But I haven't seen Loki two that yet. That sounds crazy. Yeah, it, it sounds it, it sound crazy. It was based on a really popular comment. So that, I, I haven't seen Loki part two yet. Let me ask you this uh, real quick. I, I wonder, just from a, because this is an NBA story, but it's really a workplace in America story or workplace in the world story. Right. Uh, we always have this before we get to a level of true inclusivity. We always go around asking ourselves this question. Are we ready for fill in the blank? We did it before we had a black president. Is America ready for a black president? Is America ready for half of the uh, CEOs to be women? Are we ready for this? Are we ready for that? I'll bring it back to the NBA. We keep talking about women coaching in the NBA. There was a billboard in Boston. Uh, a couple of a couple of days ago, where it said to the Celtics, "Hey, hire Carol Lawson or Becky Hammond. Go ahead and do it. Make history." And I feel like we've been having this conversation for several years, but I have this sick feeling with all these openings, we're actually mm-hmm. not going to do it. What do you think that's about? You think do we do we have to ask that question, like for five yeah, or ten I- years before we actually do that thing? Honestly, Michael, I really think this is about ownership. Because compared to, say, NFL players, NBA players seem to be much more receptive and open to having women coaches than NFL players. Like, I, 
I don't think this is an issue of player resistance at all. And even when you see the number of NBA players who, who actively participate, go to, marry, date, involved, who are involved in the WNBA, I think there is a respect level there from players that it would not be much of a big deal. I think it's with Don Staley. They're looking at bringing her to Portland right now. I think that is, is, is an ownership issue. You have owners who do not believe that a woman should be coaching men. Even though we've had plenty of men, Lambie, we have plenty of men go and coach women's teams to championships, right? But for some reason, they don't think it works the other way around. And I say this to somebody who, you know, not only watches the WNBA, shout out to my player, player, Liz Cambage, great. I like power forwards and centers. Um, but as somebody who watches WNBA games, sees the great talent of coaching that they have there, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't the NBA do it? And it's got to be with the people who finally sign the checks. It's ownership. It's not the players. And I don't think we're going to see it anytime soon. Quite frankly, I would be absolutely shocked if there is a woman hired as an NBA coach anytime Ooh, in the next three to five oh, years. I could not disagree that. more. Could not disagree more. It's happening this offseason. It's happening this offseason. Could not disagree more. One of these awards is going to a woman. I have no doubt about it. it. I have no doubt about it. What, that, what no doubt that about whether, 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 I don't know which one. I, I just have a hard time believing there's enough now. I mean, hell, we just got two more today, you know, and counting. Right. You know, you, you, you got openings. There's enough, there's enough openings. Right. There's, the no job. there's enough openings. There's enough but openings. Hey, there's enough Mike, openings. There's enough qualified Mike, candidates in this would, moment. Somebody's going to do it this year. I believe it. I believe okay, it. Okay, but you maybe say I'm that, naive, but I believe it happen this year. Mike, you say you say that. Well, I, I'm say, not hey, basing it on any facts. I know, but but I'm just saying. I pointed out. I'm not going to go go in on it because I already mentioned it earlier this week, but. Yes, there are a lot of openings, but already Portland is open and we got a guy who's been a five time coach already being mentioned as I being the you. leading candidate candidate right. there uh, in no, Mike D'Antoni. Look, Stan Look. Van Gundy. He just lost his what third job now. Yeah, third. Not only are there not only are there retreads like Mike, Mike D'Antoni, not only retreads like Mike D'Antoni. There's also a long line of coaches black coaches yeah. who we all know yes. you, you referenced Steve Nash earlier and I disagree about whether he deserved it or not. He did, but there was also white privilege at play. Both can be true. There's a long line of black coaches waiting for their first opportunity. I just really right. feel like in this moment, some organization is going to try to be wait for it progressive and it's that and that does and again, multiple things can be true. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that there's going to be some woman who's going to get a job. She doesn't deserve Becky Hammond. Carol Lawson, Dawn Staley, anybody, they, they're all worthy. I just think in yeah. this moment, this zeitgeist, some organization is going to say, we're going to be the ones to do it. I just, I, I believe it. I believe this is and, a year and, for and, it. Just where we are as a, a society. In a league where you've got a no account, non-qualified, didn't deserving person like Steve Nash, who's going to backdoor and again. slip and slide his way into an NBA championship and a ring he doesn't deserve because he's not like he was ever able to earn one when they were handing out MVPs like chocolate chips. Oh, my God. Oh, Jason, stop. Oh, my God. I don't believe that this is a league that is progressive enough to put a woman in that position. I would throw out Tina Thompson. She's a great player. She played for the Houston Houston Comets. She's now a coach at my alma mater, UBA. There's plenty of women who would be absolutely fantastic. I don't trust yeah. this league. Yeah. And as long as guys like Steve Nash That's exist fair. and as long That's as fair. Retread, stop with the Steve Nash slander. Roll the music, Gary, and stop with the Steve Nash slander. I listen, I'm not arguing with you about the existence of white privilege. The dude is brilliant and he's done a masterful job with the Nets. There's just too much hatred on this show. There's way too much hatred. 
Both of y'all cannot just get past your hatred. I wish my audio would have stayed out. I wish I would have to hear that again. He's done a masterful job. We're going if I decide to play with Bison, <laughs> Magneto, and Spider-Man, I'm going to keep winning Marvel vs. Capcom. That doesn't mean that I'm a good player. Steve Nash stumbled into a situation you where know what? Three Next time I see you, I'm getting Wolverine, and I'm working you, and I'm berserker barraging you to death in Marvel vs. Capcom. Next time I see you, that's what's happening. I'm just saying. That's a dulcet stretch. Don't go fire. Just, just saying. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mike, you got any agua? What up? That's it. Agua. <laughs> I'm done. I'm there too. Go there. Flip the mine. Flip the mine. Flip the mine. There it is. No, you, no, okay. Agua don't count. You got to talk about. You got to talk that about counts. Ronaldo being so powerful. There it is. Oh, okay. There it is. All right. Okay. All right. We got to explain the story. Okay. We, okay. We both cleared uh, them out. We both cleared out the feeds. We both cloud the feed. It was kind of, kind of cheated because we had multiple layers on the same story. Uh, here's what, here's another way you ain't slick. Because I, I was I, we laughing because you asked Jason Johnson about female coaches in the NBA strictly just to cross that off your list because you had to you know that's all it was. That's really all that was. But that's okay. It's not that it wasn't a great conversation. Topic, that's all that was. Worthy topic. Absolutely. And when we should a conversation we should continue to have and should continue to push that conversation. Speaking of which, I also want to point out that you are off on Monday. If this series, this Eastern Conference semifinal, we're, we're off on Monday. If this conference semifinal does go seven games and you lose in Brooklyn, game seven on Saturday, you have until Tuesday to think of your excuse. As it stands right now. Okay. I just want to point that out to you. I don't know if you remember the sure. schedule. You'll have time to think of your or, next excuse. But don't worry. Friday, or, you'll have to accept, come to grips with maybe, reality on Friday. Maybe it won't come up. Maybe it just won't come up on Tuesday. I don't know. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.